0: Turn up the radio and sing along. It's time for another great song. This is the Great Song Podcast. Seasons greetings and welcome once again to the Great Song Podcast. I'm Rob Alley. And I am JB Moser. i <laughs> casual. That's right. And, and we're- I did a little,
1: little less, uh, but I did do trigger fingers to the sky.
0: You did, but slowly, <laughs> slowly. <laughs> and we're here to celebrate the greatest <laughs> songs in modern music history. We're going to tell you what makes them great. Why we think they're awesome and why you should too. JP, how you doing today, man? Man,
1: I am doing fantastic. Okay, so the song we're covering today... Feels like shopping at Kmart in the '90s. Yeah, I'm buying a Nerf football, <laughs> but not just any Nerf football. I'm buying a Turbo football. Is that the one that whistles that I can throw a mile? No, it's the one that's got like the it's different colors. It's most like, of them wear got and grooves. Grooves in it. it. Okay, yes, yeah. Yes. Oh yeah. If you don't know what Kmart is, and if you don't know what a Turbo football is, <laughs> then you aren't going to enjoy this near as much as Rob and me. <laughs> but if you do, you are going to actually love this. Yes, so hang on. That's Rob, right. Rob, tell them what song we're talking about.
0: Today we're talking about. Finally by C.C. Peniston. Let's get right into it. We should do a whole list of things that if you love this, you love this That's, song. You love Kmart. Got yeah. some down. <laughs>
2: Oh, you
1: really want us to do yeah, that? Yeah yeah
2: now? Yeah love, or at least seemed, with brown skin and curly black hair
0: It's just the way it looks at me that love stare
1: feel Try to get 3 Sure yeah
0: It. That is finally by C.C. Peniston, one of the few, and I'm talking about a very, very few, like dance tracks in the world that <laughs> I can tolerate. And not only do I tolerate it, I freaking love it. That's good. Finally by C.C. Peniston, one of the all-time great dance tracks. Um, and it hit for me, like for me in middle school... Dance music got super annoying. There was this like dance <laughs> renaissance where you had the Barbie girls of the world, you had, uh-huh. or Aqua, I guess was their actual name. You had, um, uh, sweet dreams of rhythm and dancing. dancing, all that stuff. You had, uh, what's the one that, oh, it just got on my nerves. Uh, I talk, talk, I talk to you. You know the one I'm talking about? Uh, oh, no. In the night. That one. What's yeah. it called? Another night, another dream. Shoot me in the face. Real McCoy. I, I, I love him. Get out of I here. I like him. No way. I like him. But, dude, CC, she was before that. She was a predecessor to before <laughs> dance music sucked. Um <laughs> Which I don't hate, but CC, you're awesome. Yeah. Oh,
1: and guys, hang around to the end. The energy that she brings, the of yeah. You guys are gonna love CC. She, she is was great. Really? Yeah. She really fun. great. It's her birthday week. Happy birthday. Happy Cece. birthday, CC. Shout out. Twenty nine. While we were uh, listening to that, we uh, Rob was like, we should jot down, like, yeah. if you look, because we made a Kmart thing and yeah. a Nerf football thing. So in the we listened to a verse, basically, yeah. or whatnot, and we jotted down three things that if you love, then you love. You got your three. Yes, I got. Yes, I got mine. Let's go
0: alternating fashion.
1: Okay. Here all right. Go. So this is if you love this, you will love You will this. love finals, finally. So this is we become... know before
0: anything that you will love the song. So, yeah. here we go. Okay, right. go Rob, you go first. All right. If you love In Living Color, okay. you will love Finally by CC That's good. Oh, was it supposed to be if you like that, you'll like this song? Yes. Oh, I thought it was if you like something, then you'll love
1: like here's mine. If you love Jinkos, then you love chain wallets. <laughs> I'm not you ever like. I don't. I have no idea how you got there. I don't know what I've totally misunderstood the game. But go ahead, we'll keep going. This is great. <laughs> do your next one, and you just do your total, I my ones, total nonsense please. one. one. Okay. okay. All right. So if you uh, love Jeeves then you love chain wallets, <laughs> <laughs>
0: totally misunderstood okay. the game. Okay. Okay. Go ahead. If you love jams, then you'll love finally by Cece Peniston. If you love metal chairs, then you love cheap hot dogs. <laughs> chicago bulls dynasty oh, that's good. you love finally by <laughs> cc Peniston. If you love trivial pursuit then you love jiffy pop <laughs> <laughs> man i am uh, so
1: glad we did this uh, okay well that was just oh, off the cuff oh my gosh I'm, I'm the worst at understanding games apparently <laughs> but that was uh it was fun
0: you know what i put you on the spot and what you did was 10 times better than anything <laughs> you could have come up with that was actually what i meant okay Oh, man, that was fantastic. I'm so so glad that happened just now. Man. Okay. Woo, back on track. Finally, by CeCe Peniston, from the 1991 album, Finally, uh, written by CeCe Peniston, Felipe Felipe Delgado, E.L. Lanier, and Rodney Jackson. It went to number five on the Billboard Hot 100 Oh shoot, I'm still not recovered. <laughs> it went to number 1 on the US dance charts, number 2 on the UK singles chart. Actually, that was a remix that went to number 2 in the UK. Number 1 in Canada's dance chart, uh top 10 and top 20 all like worldwide. This song was huge. Um it went it is uh the number 20 song on the Hot 100 for all of 1992. That's amazing. Big song. Big big song. Number 29 on the VH1 100 Greatest Dance Songs of All Time. Uh, Number 28 on a similar list from MTV. It is number one on BuzzFeed's 101 Greatest Dance Songs of the Night. Number one. Number one. Um, And they wrote, uh, I think they encapsulated it pretty well. They wrote, quote, When it comes to 90s dance songs, you'd be hard-pressed to find another song that so perfectly incorporates other music genres that made the decade so great, i.e. R&B, house, and pop, which is what makes finally the quintessential 90s dance song. Amazing. That's good. It won the 1992 ASCAP Awards for Song of the Year, Pop Songwriter of the Year, and Most Performed Song of the Year. This is not just some little dance ditty. Uh -uh. This song was massive. Uh, It won the 1993 BMI, which is another um, performance rights organization like ASCAP, uh, Urban Award of Achievement. It won Best Director and Best New Dance Artist at the Billboard Music Video Awards. It has been remixed and re-released countless times uh, and re-entered various charts across the world with those releases. It's like every few years there's a new version of it that pops up and it charts. It's like... See, she's so just like take it to the bank. Yeah, right? absolutely. Can't get enough of this song, you know. Um, and even even better when you're one of the writers, you know. Like, yeah. in when when something does well, it's great if you're an artist. It's great if you're a writer. It's fantastic if, if you're, you're both. Both, I yeah. know,
1: right? And we talk. But uh, we, we get to talk with her about a lot of stuff on the interview. It's one of our, one of my favorite interviews. She was great. Um, but I mean, she performed for. Aretha Franklin and the Pope.
0: <laughs> I mean, come on. Yeah. That shows like No big deal. No big deal. Um, she um let's get let's get a little bit into CC. Um, first of all, the the album uh named for the song, the, the I believe the song came out first and then the album came later. It's kind of one of those where they like uh she got a, a single produced and and then the album followed. Um get this, despite having number one dance chart singles. Um, several more than one I think there were three songs off this album that went number one on the dance charts this album has only sold somewhere around 550,000 copies Not even a million, Mm -mm. making it its gold status. I mean, that's not that's not horrible. Yeah, but it's a lot of albums. But but. as iconic as this song is, I can't believe it didn't sell more albums than that. Uh, You know, it should have. It seems like it should have done more. It peaked uh, at number seventy on the Billboard Top Two Hundred versus the UK, where it entered the chart at number ten. Wow. So, like, I, there was a disparity there. Uh, it has sold 3 million copies worldwide. Okay. But in the U.S., I'm surprised that it, uh, uh, I say, quote, only, you know, half a million copies or a little a little more. Um, Complex Magazine sums it up. It says, this was the sound of the early 1990s when everything was turning colorful and bright. I like that. It really does. This song makes me think of colorful 90s yeah. outfits yeah. and, you know, um... I, some of y'all listening don't even remember jams. Some of y'all too young to remember jams. Jams were it. Do you remember though. metal chairs? Just the, <laughs> uh, just the big baggy, colorful shorts. Mm-hmm. That was awesome. Yeah. I mean, come on, with your Reebok pumps, mm-hmm. you know. And uh, oh, I just remember me and Ian Lamberson on the basketball court at recess, trying to be Jordan and Pippin with our pumps and and <laughs> and our uh, knockoff LA Gear pumps, and just being like, dude, I think the pumps really did. I jumped higher. <laughs> pretty sure that fifth pump really put me (laughs) over the edge you know Um, let's talk about actually you want to meet the band and then I can add in stuff about CCR hey let's meet the band
1: it's time to meet the band hey mama let's meet the band let's all Guys, we're going to meet the band that played on this wonderful track. On drums, Ed Green uh, played on Wired for Jeff Beck, which is completely different than this, wow. but that's a legendary album. Um, also did uh, free ri- with free ride with Dizzy Gillespie. So those are like, I want to show, Jeez. like, he's all over the place. Yeah. So, like,
0: and did this. so Dizzy Gillespie, uh, legendary jazz trumpet player.
1: Yeah, fan- fantastic wow. drummer. So uh, Ed Green on drums. On percussion, uh, we talk about Lenny Castro all the time. Uh, David Morales. Steve Lindsey. So multiple percussionists on this. Steve Lindsey and Bashiri Johnson. Um, Bashiri Johnson was Whitney's longtime percussionist. Okay. So that's the guy you want on this type of album. I think that's wonderful. Drum programming, which would be different than actual set drums. Yeah. Because there is a set drum that Ed plays. But drum programming, Uh, Felipe Delgado, who wrote it uh, with R.K. Jackson, who also produced. And that makes sense. The producers doing the drum programming. Yeah, Yeah. That makes sense there that they both tied in on that. Keyboards and synth. Robbie Buchanan, this guy played with Randy Travis, Ray Parker Jr., did synth work for the soundtrack of The Rose, uh, the Bette Midler okay. song, so, so that's as different than this as you can get as well, Yeah. Um, but Robbie Buchanan on keyboards and synth. On guitars, multiple guitarists, Charles, Charles Fearing, Grant Geisman, and Dean Parks. Dean Parks has played with everyone from Billy Joel to Stevie Wonder. Won my admiration when I found out he was the touring guitarist for Bread on the 1977 oh. tour. So anything David Gates and Bread, I'm all about. Cool. On Sax, Brandon Fields toured with George Benson and Earth, Wind, and Fire, and he does Sax on the Waiting to Exhale and Preacher's Wife soundtrack. Okay. So that's another Whitney tie in. And some
0: but serious players on this track. Serious players on this track. You don't always think about it with dance, you know, and it gets, because it gets, a. Uh, you know, a lot of it is the same sort of. There's a lot going on. But there's a lot going on. And some serious players on this track. Um, that's, man, that's crazy. That kind of blew me away, honestly. Some of great, great uh, supporting cast. I th- can't remember if we talked to Cece in the interview about this or not. Um, but this, so she kind of got noticed um, after recording BGVs. For a rap artist named Overweight Pooch, did we talk about Overweight Pooch? <laughs> I can't Pooch? remember. I can't remember if we mentioned it. I know we talked was... about
1: it before the interview. I yeah. can't remember if we actually did it in the interview. Yeah,
0: so we'll she... discover as we listen back through together. Yes, she's uh, so she sang she she sang some vocals on a, on some tracks for Tanya Davis, aka Overweight Pooch, and uh, Manny Lehman, who was a DJ and an executive producer, noticed her vocals on that. Um, and he worked with Felipe Delgado to get finally produced. So like he, you know, heard her, noticed her. She has this song that she had written already called finally, um, about, um, you know, I mean, it's pretty straightforward. There's not a lot of digging you have to get to, you know, into these and lyrics. And she'll
1: talk about the writing of it in the interview
0: after Yeah, she wrote it in chemistry class and everything. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. So, um. You know, they sort of all, all, all came together to do this. Uh, another cool thing about CeCe, she was a beauty pageant winner. Absolutely. Multiple-time beauty, pa- beauty pageant winner. She won the Miss Black Arizona pageant in 1989, um, and she won the Miss, Miss Galaxy, Galaxy pageant the- in 1990. I wrote this down just as off the cuff. So,
1: fa- she's from Arizona. So, find someone hotter in 89-90 in Arizona. So, <laughs> I just threw out some options. So, Emma Stone... Pretty hot. but She was born in 88, so she's like one year old. Yeah, it doesn't So work. CC's hotter than Emma Stone there. Sure. Nick Jonas, born in 89, he's like a fetus, whatever. The <laughs> closest I got to compete with the hottest Arizona around that time would be Linda Carter because she was born in 51. Okay. So 89 Linda Carter's so like, pretty prime Linda yeah, it Carter.
0: Depends on your Depends, depends on, your on how era. you like Linda yeah. Carter.
1: Those of y'all that know who Linda Carter yeah.
0: is. Former Wonder Former Woman. Former Wonder Woman. Yeah.
1: Um, and then Danielle Fishel, this is a shout out to my buddy Brant. He she played Topanga in Boy Meets Girl. Yeah, but she's nine, so that doesn't count. <laughs> that then. doesn't work. Yeah. Um, and Jordan Sparks was also born in eighty nine. But anyway, I'd have okay. to say we'll give uh, Cece the hottest Arizonian of hottest, eighty nine and
0: ninety. There you go, hottest Arizonian <laughs> of eighty nine and ninety. Um, okay, this is random, and I don't know. You're off. You don't really do Twitter. Like you check in once a day, and just you know, sure. I like this. Once or every whatever. few Retweet, days, or yeah. Good. <clears throat> but you don't really keep up with Twitter. No, so you no, don't no. you you probably didn't weren't aware of this story. Uh and uh but earlier this year, you brought up Danielle Fischl. Uh-huh. And it made me think of this. Her husband, okay, um, on his Twitter account, he hosts a podcast. I can't remember what it's called. Um, but um called her, the
1: Greater Song Podcast. Yeah, that's it. <laughs>
0: um, but uh and he does other stuff. I don't want to minimize his yeah, career, yeah. but anyway. Um, but he posted a picture on Twitter that was like, hey. At, uh, at uh, General Mills Cereals, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, what's the deal with this? We just opened a bag of Cinnamon Toast Crunch, and it has shrimp tails in it. What? And they, they had bought, like, a two-pack of uh-huh. Cinnamon Toast Crunch at, like, a Costco. Like a family thing where you get two uh-huh. different bags. Yeah, in, in one box. And one bag was, like, taped shut with, like, packaging tape, and the other box had... Uh, like uh, shrimp tails with like coated in cinnamon. What in the world, that cinnamon stuff. How does that even happen? And so they pour it out, and it's got this, you know, whatever. And it's some it had this like um black stuff like coated into the whatever. And he was like, "What is this?" Yeah, and it became it blew up Twitter for like two or three days. No, I did not know um, that. That's the, crazy. the cinnamon toast crunch. And as of as of recording, there's been no official resolution that I've heard. What it was? He likes they, you know. He said they were sending it off for. Testing and all, you know, all of this stuff. What on earth happened? Don't go
1: messing up my cinnamon toast
0: crunch. Like, yeah, don't don't get
1: them shut down.
0: Yeah, <laughs> people were like, I, you know what, I still eat it. I would still yeah, do same it. same thing dude. but uh, yeah, I don't that know. By the time we release this, there might be some resolution, but who? Know, but this was in, I think, like March or April oh, of of twenty twenty one. We're
1: recording in July, just for so you guys know. Yeah. Even though this will drop in September, we try to be proactive. So, yeah, if
0: this has been resolved and <laughs> uh you know whatever, we'll do an addendum to That's the right. episode. We'll, we'll, we'll put it on there. That's yeah. Good. Anyway. Random um, Daniel, Daniel official tie in. There we go.
1: Yeah, I've uh, got a uh, I've maybe too early, but I kind of want to do this. Can we do Stump the Genius? Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so I'm gonna tie it in, then we'll kick it to the jingle. You know what? Let's kick it to the jingle. Here we okay,
2: Stump the Genius, Stump the Genius, Stump the Genius. It's
1: time to Stump the Genius. I take your, part. I take your part. part. All right, guys, we're gonna play Stump the Genius CC edition. So, my initial plan when I was putting this together is I was gonna play. Different CCs, and you tell me who it was. Okay, CC Wynans, uh-huh. CC Rogers had a pretty big hit called "Someday." Some CC Deville. Okay, <laughs> um, so uh, that laugh is exactly what I wanted. So I'm gonna do stump the genius CC Deville solo. I'm gonna play the CC Deville solo, oh. and you're gonna tell or a guitar part, and uh-huh. you're gonna tell me what Poison song. It okay, is. oh, and okay. you're gonna do okay. great on this. Right. I'm cheering that Rob will go five for five. One of them's maybe a little tougher than the other, but off. Four of these charted really well.
0: Okay. So these are... All all right, most of them are from the hits. Okay, so I want to just... If, if somebody's listening who doesn't know, C.C. DeVille was the original guitarist for Poison. For Poison. Um, and we talk about him. Actually, it, I'll throw in a shameless plug for our Patreon here. Uh, every season, we put out an additional a uh, Patreon-exclusive album, in the f- uh, 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 excuse me, a Patreon-exclusive episode. And the first one we did was on Poison. Now, it happened to be a track that Cece was not playing on. It was in the Richie Cotton era, short-lived though it may be. Stand. Um, but we still got into into uh, Cece. CC. And he has some of the most melodic, memorable solos uh that i you know what i mean i just really like i really like the way he solos i can't help it it's, so it's poison and I'm that's not gonna, always the coolest but i love season.
1: i'm either gonna play the riff which is like the hook like the intro riff okay. or the solo okay um i haven't decided which i
0: think one. i'll be able to do pretty well
1: i think be, i'm thinking rob is going to get at least four he may go five you'll five be five.
0: more likely to stump me i think if it's the solo but most okay. of the time i'll probably be able to pull it okay. I, I feel good about this Then i'm gonna try to play it here we
1: go let's start with this one
0: That's nothing but a good time. Nothing but a good time. Yeah. Very good.
1: Woo. All right. So That's my favorite one. thing
0: about my favorite thing about that song is actually play the solo. Okay. Because here's he's rocking out on the solo. I and know then, what you're gonna say. And then guitar. after the solo, they go back and break down, and he plays the he plays the intro again, and Brett Michaels goes mm, guitar. Like after he's already played the solo, Brett goes, Hey, oh. play me some guitar. Here All it right. is. play this one note for note. I used to play this on repeat at home to play the solo. Oh yes. Then uh, oh yes. Good job. <laughs> He's like, what the freak you think I just did? <laughs> Great, wonderful. Oh, I'll play a chord? Is that what that's you right. mean? You want to play a chord? <laughs>
1: All right, number two. Uh, that's Talk Dirty that to Me. That is Talk Dirty to Me. Let's go ahead and get to the solo. Why not? Oh, Rob, is two yeah, for two. Thank you. not what you expected to see here on a cc peniston episode everyone <laughs> number three here we go let's uh go ahead and get here
0: oh wait that's something to believe in something yeah. to believe okay. in that sounds like a jp lick right there <laughs> Actually, this is a JP That's solo. A
1: JP solo. <laughs> Thanks. I'll take that. <laughs> Probably ripped this one off in church a time or two.
0: <laughs> yeah. Tasty. All right, there Tasty. we go. All right, this is the one that you
1: may not know as well, but. Is this I, Fallen Angel? No, it is not oh, Fallen Angel, which I'll talk about later. This would be the one that I thought if we trumped you.
0: I rip off that move all the time when I solo. Oh, a little pickup change. I don't think I know this one. I like this one. No, I don't know this one. That is
1: Ride the Wind. Okay. Love that song. So right. we'll bring it up. And on I home really on. like the sound of Ricky Rocket's Toms oh, on dude. that song. Yeah. Oh, that's a great song. This is from Flesh and Blood. Great, great album. Okay, here, you'll uh, know of this. Of course, one. this is Unskinny Bop. This is Unskinny Bob. Uh, I should hear the riff at the beginning, shouldn't I? Oh, yeah. I, yeah. This riff is second, iconic. And then great we'll go riff. to the solo.
0: Yeah, this song rules. This riff partially rules because it's clean. Okay. I mean, relatively speaking, it's relatively clean. The subject material is not clean. (laughs) (laughs) This solo for me is a little overplayed. Too much. ending is cool though. Anyway, great song. There man. we go, guys.
1: Little little CC break for Jeez you. Jeez Louise! How
0: much fun. A was CC that? of a different kind. CC
1: of a different kind. Yeah. So thank That's you all that, that those that came to hear the Peniston. Thanks for hanging around for the <laughs> Deville.
0: No guitar solos on finally. That's right. Unfortunately, uh, I'm sure there's probably a remix out there that has one. There should oh, be a mashup. Thank four you. Four for five. Really good. Rap. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, there should definitely be a a mashup. There should be probably a CC multiple CC mashup. You oh, know yeah. what I mean? See,
1: get Weinans in there singing the, something. Yeah. Alabaster.
0: And, box cc <laughs> <laughs> deville on guitar uh, let's just do it all the way up uh isn't there a writer named cc something mill cc demille, C. C. DeMille right for, movie that? director that's what okay. i was trying to think of yeah i think movie director cc demille yeah let's just do it all D- directing the video you know that's good let's yeah just, yeah all the ccs of the world unite um <laughs> a little bit more on cc sponsored and then- by cc's pizza <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. I just snorted. You Hardcore! That wow, good, wow. That was, pizza you know how to get to Rob's caught heart. Me. A little more on Cece Peniston, aka Cecilia Veronica Peniston. Um, not a stage name. That's actually her last name. Um, and I'll, I, she's probably proud of it. I I'd still say it's pretty unfortunate. Yeah. As a matter of fact, as a matter of fact, let me. I found literally right before we pressed record, I found a list, and you guys know how I feel about lists. Rob loves lists. Okay, so.
1: Like Steve Carell
0: loves lamp. Rob yes, loves list. That's right. I love list. Um, this is from Rolling Stone, um, and it's Cece falls in line with this. She is not named on this list per se, but this list is called the Thirteen Dumbest Band Names <laughs> in Rock History. Okay. Okay. Um, and so she is not named as a rock band with a dumb name, but she is referenced. Okay. Um, So all right. So these are the the. The 13 dumbest band names in rock history according to Rolling Stone. The Devil wears Prada. Okay. Uh Natalie Portman's shaved head. Okay. Have you heard of them? No, I okay. Them. I don't either. Um they're from Seattle. I don't know. They <laughs> Sounds like a trivia <laughs> team name. Based on a whim. It does. Natalie Portman's shaved head does sound like a trivia team name. That's great. Uh how about Toad the Wet Sprocket, uh, who we just talked last about last week? And this is where CeCe makes the list. So uh, I'll read from the article here. It says, the guys on Wayne's World Uh once made a list of singers and bands that sound like the male sex organ.
1: Okay. Okay. And
0: high on their list, right near CeCe who who... Uh, and it says I believe it even won was towed the Wet Sprocket. That's crazy. Okay. We didn't intentionally put them back to back with yeah. that
1: being it was
0: birthday related. That's a random and, random and, connection. And, yeah. uh, but anyway, mm-hmm. yeah, there we go. Uh let's see. How here close out the rest of that list. Dogs die in hot cars. <laughs> okay. Uh cherry poppin' daddies. Yeah. You remember that remember one from them. the uh, yeah. the swing explosion mm-hmm. of the late nineties? The yeah. what was it called? The uh like the zoot suits and all that. What was it called? I was, guess was squ- swing. No, 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 no. You know, it was like swing dancing and all that stuff. Yeah. I mm. can't remember what it was. Anyway. Uh, this one I'm not even going to say. Okay. Um, have you ever seen, um, uh, what's the movie, The Usual Suspects? Uh, it was Kevin Spacey? Yeah. Uh, yeah. A long time ago. Okay, I've Kevin seen it once. Kevin Spacey's name in that was was Verbal Kent. Okay. okay? This sounds like that. Okay, but it's but, neither of those words. Gotcha. But it's yeah, okay. understandable. I all know right. what the last word's gonna be. <laughs> yes. I mean. Okay. Um, let's see. Panic at the disco. Okay. Panic exclamation point. Panic at, at the disco. disco. Um, Hoobastank can't argue with that. That's Rob terrible. Hates them anyway, That's a dumb name. Uh, one of the, my most hated songs. of Rob all loves time. the reason. The everybody. reason. Oh my gosh. Do you love that song? No. Okay. I, right. We I was, can't rival. I, we'll I mean, I'm so okay
1: hard. to it, but I can't get
0: passionately behind it. Yeah. Um. Let's see. Confrontation Camp. Uh. No. Uh. Dave Matthews Band. <laughs> God, how is that what? a bad day? Why? <laughs> um, that's funny. That's <laughs> really funny. Okay. Uh. Dale Earnhardt Jr. Jr. <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. <laughs> uh, oh, that's really funny. Um. They're a Detroit indie pop group. Okay. Uh. Let's see. Anderson Bruford Wakeman Howe. That is really bad. That's just one of those, like, it's like a super group or whatever, you know. And it's, yeah. yeah. Um, Emerson, Lincoln, Palmer. Is that Steve Howell? I believe it is. And Rick Wakeman. Yeah. Um, Yeah, that's really funny. Let's let's think of a funny Anderson. There's Pamela Anderson. Anderson. (laughs) Yeah, Pamela Anderson. B- B- Bill Bruford, I don't know who that is. Um Carter oh, he Bro- was in Yes. So it's Yes <laughs> members John Anderson, Bill Bruford, okay. Rick Wakeman and Steve, Steve Howe. Okay. Um they wanted to record a new album that got back to the prog roots of Yes, but but didn't want to be called Yes. But the yeah, the current band, the owner of a lonely heart incarnation of the band owned the name. Okay. So they, it says they couldn't exactly tour as no. So they combined that's all funny. their last names. Like that. That's funny. Four f- prog fans knew they were getting four fifths of the classic yes lineup and they actually sold a lot of concert tickets. That's cool. really interesting. Uh, and then the last one, Oh, this is going to ruffle some feathers. Thanks. Rolling stone. The Beatles. That's uh, come on. It's not horrible. The uh, onators. The O'Neaters, That's right. Uh, let's see. All right. Going back to actual CC Penniston, our subject, uh, okay. A few more things that we just haven't mentioned. Uh, she played Glinda the Good Witch in an Oakland production run of The Wiz. Uh, I'm a big Wiz fan. You like Me The too. Wiz? Yeah, Cheese you, Wiz. No, uh, Michael Jackson yeah. version of The Wiz. Yes, wonderful. Din- Dinah Ross, the mm-hmm. original. Um, and uh, let's see. Was she? Was Dinah Ross Glinda the Good Witch? No, she was Dorothy. Dorothy. Uh, Glinda the Good Witch was originally. Right. Hang on, I'll get there. I'll get there. Um, oh my gosh! I can't believe I can't think of who it is. Well, if we can't land on
1: it, then he'll tell you at the end of the interview. Dang, come back yes, for that. Come
0: back and I'll tell you. Scarecrow is really Michael Jackson. Them, by by way. Way. Scarecrow is Michael Jackson. Nipsey Russell as the tin man. That's good. It was a cool, a great cast, great uh, you know, uh, thing they did on there with, with the Wiz. Big fan. Um Cece is also a national PTA ambassador. Oh, I didn't know that. Uh that's the parent teacher association. At your school, was it PTA or PTO? You've got the parent teacher organization. Or Parent Teaser Association. We're going
1: to have a PTA meeting. We're going to have a PTO meeting. We're gonna PTO.
0: I can't remember. Yeah? I don't remember. Uh So anyway, and she recorded. How about yours? Did you? I, I think it was PTA. And you have kids in school now, so you probably PTA. have a little bit
1: more. Yeah, I think it's PTA. No, I
0: don't remember yeah. it. At all. Um She recorded the official PTA anthem. Whoa. Which is called Above Horizons Good. um in That's 2008. It. And who knew the national PTA has a record label. Upon what? which the song was released. It was, it's they called reg- like, it's called like National PTA Recordings or something like that. And uh, I don't know all if they- them, all the moms get together <laughs> I guess. and they're like, hey, I wrote yeah. this song about bacon cakes. <laughs> I don't know. Like, it's all about like eating a healthy lunch yeah. and getting 60 minutes of exercise right. and you know, whatever. It's time for recess. <laughs> Everybody do your recess. All right. Uh, do you have anything else that we need to no, cover? Good. This has been fun uh, and it's only going to get better. Like, this is just a—we're yeah. about to do an interview with Cece. And she's a—seriously, she's a hoot. If you don't normally stick around for interviews, uh, make sure you listen to this And I don't to like to even say we're about to do an interview. We're
1: about to hang out with Cece. Yeah. Like, this is us just sitting and chatting.
0: Yeah. Truly. And You guys are gonna love it. She just hopped in. She was goofing around with us immediately. She bring the she brought the bringed she yeah. bring the energy she brought the energy like from the initial phone call like yeah. when she called in she was singing it yeah. was like
1: oh my gosh we're gonna love you
0: <laughs> yeah so stick around we'll be back at the end to uh, to tuck you in but first and tell you who Glenda the Good Witch was that's right yes uh, but first don't forget to follow us on social media if you're not uh, Twitter Instagram and Facebook all at Great Song Pod. Please join the Facebook group. It's a lot of fun in there. We're having conversations with everybody. We get to meet some some people and make some real friendships in there. So uh, the Facebook group is called Great Songs and the Great People Who Love Them Greatly. Or you can just go to our Facebook page and and you'll find it there as well. Um, If you want to go the extra mile and support the show, you can do that by going to patreon.com, p-a-t-r-e-o-n.com slash Pod. And uh, you can be a part of supporting the show, producing the show. You get some extra bonus goodies, early episodes, extra episodes, bonus material that you don't get anywhere else, as our way of saying thank you uh, for help- helping us be uh, part of the show. Join the Great Pates at patreon.com slash Pod. Let's go and hang out with CeCe Peniston for a few minutes, and we'll be back to tuck you in at the end. This is the Great Song Podcast. Hey, yes, i you yes, sound fantastic.
2: <laughs> welcome to the party. That's awesome. Thank you, baby. What's going on, Sue? Oh,
0: guys, Cece just came in hot.
1: Yeah, that's amazing. 11 year old JP just went crazy. That was awesome. <laughs> thank
2: you so much. Hey, uh, you're welcome.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, it's going to be a good day. Oh, man. Because we're here with Cece Penniston, the, 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 I mean, just royalty on the phone. I can hear it. We're already having fun. So it's going to be a good day, y'all. Cece, thank you so much for joining us today.
2: Oh, thank you so
0: much for having me. Glad to be here. Uh, we I can't wait to talk to you about Finally, one of those all-time, uh, not just a 90s jam, it's just one, an all-time jam. It's one of those that is universally beloved, uh, and you still hear it all the time, and it's one of those that you just get stuck, you know, in a good way. It gets stuck in your head and just makes you have a good day. Um, <laughs> tell us orig- about about sort of the original writing of Finally and how the song itself came about.
2: You know, what's so crazy because I started writing poetry in in high school. Right. I mean, in college. And it was more like, oh, no one understands me. Let me write this. Let me write. Let me write poetry. Right. Yeah. So I'm in class and I'm like and I also sang because I've been singing since I was like 11 years old. And I was in chemistry class and I was bored and everybody needs to get education. Don't go by me saying I was bored in chemistry (laughs) class to me that you don't have to get a degree. Now, let's keep going because I got mine. But anyway, I was in chemistry class bored and I was like, I'm going to write a poem. And it was finally I started off like, hey, I don't have a boyfriend. I'm like, what would I say if I found him? And It was like, finally. (laughs) <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's easy enough, one finally, right? <laughs> and so then I kind of went from there, and then the rest of the song kind of came together, and I had a melody line, and then Wax, who I had seen in the club, me and him, RK, got together. He said we should do some stuff together, and I had done some stuff for Overweight Pooch, and that's the story. That's how it finally came about. And
0: that's so I'm unstandard. doing
2: backgrounds for her, and then I got my own single deal, and then hey, here we go. Here and the we are rest now. is history.
0: <laughs> here we go. So, um, so was your deal? When you originally got a deal, you're, you're singing backgrounds for Overweight Pooch, and then you get a um, – did you say it was like a literal single deal, or did you just mean like a solo deal?
2: It was literally – no, it was literally, literally a single deal, and finally did they're like, oh, my God, we need an album. I'm like, well, you ain't talking nothing but a word, brother, so <laughs> while we were on the road <laughs> – Well, we were on the road, right? We were rolling around, and in between me doing tour, um, I was on the road for probably about like a three-month period. In between me doing tour, I would go to the studio. And that's how finally's album got thrown together because it was like, hey, we need a follow-up. So I started listening to demos and stuff like that, which was, you know, how everything came together.
0: Wow. Was that stressful? I mean, to be on the road and then back and forth to the studio and trying to figure out direction for the album and all that stuff, did you feel pressured by that?
2: Um, it it was that that schedule was crazy. I'm not even gonna lie. I sent someone a screenshot of my tour stuff from like 93. They're like, first of all, why do you still have this paperwork (laughs) from like 93? Like, for real, you're the only person that would have this stuff. Right. And the other thing was, they were like, I'm getting tired looking at it. But for me, I loved music so much that it was fun for me. The only thing that made it like Weird as if I got like a weird producer I didn't like. There was only one producer that really got on my nerves. And it was like, dude, I don't like singing it like that. Oh. I have to do my C.C. and stuff. He was like, oh, I like this. And so me and him fought it out. We finally came to an agreement. Damn. And we figured it out. I won't tell, I won't tell who it was. <laughs> okay. okay. All right. We, we, well, look, 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 I know you're waiting. I got her on standby like, oh, she's about to drop a bomb, but that's a smart <laughs> no. play.
1: That's a smart play.
2: That's <laughs> why, Never. You, that's
1: why you're still uh, killing it in the game because right. you're
2: smart. Well done, Stacey. Well played. Thank you, love. No, don't, but don't be a snitch. Okay.
0: <laughs> so when, when finally, you know, is released as your single, um did and even even back to when you wrote it or when you first thought oh you know uh, uh, a deal might be coming did you have a feeling about that song in particular or was that something that the the uh the record company thought oh you know we've got something here is that why they signed that one in particular
2: you know what's funny is i think no one knew where this was gonna go they knew it felt good and in fact it was crazy because it got signed to the dance department first at a m records right mm-hmm. and the r&b department was like we don't know what the to do with this song yet <laughs> because it was such a dance beat usually yeah. they're you know not 90s r&b was different than what finally was right right so when it started blowing up they were like well we don't know what we're doing we're gonna figure this stuff out right so they figured it out it got it just started catching on and it just kind of went from there and then it went global It went over to they realized people in london and europe and amsterdam and just all over the place love finally so no one knew. In fact, I still kept my Pathfinder. I was living in an apartment at the time. I had a Pathfinder and an apartment. I was like, I'm not moving because I don't know when I'm going to be, Um, if this is ever going to stop or not, right? And They were like, if you don't move already, please. <laughs> my friend. <laughs> well, well, well my, my introduction to
1: you and to this song is from the music video. I, I'm a video guy. I watch these all I'm a, I'm a music video guy. So you're in your early 20s here, but in this case, I think they try to make you look a little bit older. Uh, is that something that they did to reach a more mature audience um, as the beat and the hook's going to capture the young ear? Was that something they did intentionally?
2: I was like, like I don't, I want to know what the heck they were doing, but I didn't like that sh- Period. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I was like, I'm a kid. Why do y'all keep dressing me? Yeah. And like, oh, so I love the outfit, right? Uh-huh. And I love the shoes and the hat, right? Because yeah. the shoes, I still have the shoes and the outfit. And okay. I can still fit in it, by the way. I wasn't as big as they tried to make me seem. Be like, you know. <laughs> anyway, um, I think it was more of probably the hair and makeup. The hair looking the way that it was because sure. it was probably more sleek. Maybe the make the earrings, you could see more of my face. I think it would have gave it a different look. I think it was the hair being all over the place and maybe some of the shots. And the gold jacket well, yeah. probably could have been left out. <laughs> yeah, they could have left
1: that <laughs> out too. <laughs> well, then you, you follow it up with the "Keep on Walking" video, and so I'm just going to be honest. Little 11 year old JP was straight crushing on CC, and I dribbled my basketball hey. around, thinking this is going to make me a better basketball player just with this song. <laughs> and uh, you got the, you're rocking the nose ring, looking wonderful. The, my one of my favorite key changes in history. It's a random key change at the end of that song, but the the dynamic of the video change from finally to that was just drastic it looks like it was just it was a neat little transformation
2: i i thought that they i thought that i definitely liked the energy of keep on walking i felt like um it was better clothes i look younger it was a younger dynamic um even in loving the jacket we thought yeah. about that like it just you know i don't tell people about it but i was like i really don't want to wear the jacket that's uh very mature yeah, yeah can yeah. I put on some doc Martin boots like so the doc I put out the Doc Martin boots <laughs> look I put out the Doc Martin boots and the shorts and stuff, and I was like, this looks like a kid they were getting pissed off at me, <laughs> but I was like, no, they were, but I said, you know what that's okay I do love we gotta I love, said
1: yeah we gotta love things a great video i I picture my, <laughs> I picture myself like I'm the guy just sliding around the house. I'm much more awkward, but I want to dance like that guy, <laughs> and I do have a question yeah. the kid in that that's playing the tuba is that Salem Grant from Ghost Dad is that the kid from Ghost Dad? Do you remember?
2: You know what? I'm not sure, but I know those the kids they they were great, like little actors, and they were in some other things coming up. So it's a possibility okay. that because they were like like in other things too. They were like all around Hollywood doing and you, videos. You were, and,
1: now, now you've performed for Aretha and the Pope. So both royalty, what's it like, what are the different vibe sets, what's it like to, to perform for each of those parties, the difference in that?
2: First of all, I was nervous as hell, let's <laughs> just say that. <laughs> I was nervous because I was like, oh, Mr. Pope. It was Aretha Franklin. She asked me to do her birthday, so I was excited because I had always loved her music as a child, like you know. And so she was like, "Hey, I want you to do my party." I kind of skidded over to the side of the road. I said, "I was like, can you give me just a second to get uh situated here?" I flew to the side of the road, and she asked me to do her her um birthday, and I was doing not over you, right? at her party and all of a sudden she starts getting up and she starts dancing i said oh snap reese was <laughs> dancing not over you she likes this song yeah so that was a that was a beautiful moment and with the pope we went down to italy and andrew bocelli was there he was performing my mother was with me at the time it was diane reeves and lois walden i think uh Thelma houston was there too and we had an audience with the pope so we actually went in a room with him and met him. He gave us rosaries. It was it was an amazing experience.
0: Wow. Whose uh whose room smelled better, the Popes or Erica's? <laughs>
2: <laughs> You're not putting me in those no shit
0: <laughs> <Getting> great job. <laughs> Side step. Oh man. Uh yeah. Cece's not getting caught up in drama. You know what I mean? Yeah. She's not she's Listen. not trying to get stuck in stuff. No,
2: because I know.
0: (laughs) Listen, I do want to ask you about uh, about drama in general. People love to create like this perception of drama, especially I feel like among female contemporaries. You know, they want. Um, they want to think that these female artists have have beef with each other or whatever. So we always hear stories on TMZ, uh, TMZ or whatever about okay, these you know these performers can't get along or whatever. How much of that mm-hmm. stuff in the in the pop R and B you know dance world is real and how much is just overblown?
2: Um, I think it depends on the artist. I think everybody has beef with somebody. <laughs> I have beef. <laughs> <laughs> We're not going to ask because we know you're <laughs> sidestepping I'm not, and, Listen, I'm not going to tell because you know what? Them people concentrate on that. Let's just say I've had to perform on stage with people who like I felt like I don't know why it's awkward, but it is. And I'm going to leave it at that. Sure. Okay. And, it, and it is what it is because when you learn that in this business, you learn that in this business, you're going to just you're going to deal with people you don't like. You're going to get into altercations with people who maybe you've done business with because they weren't happy about something that doesn't mean that business goes to the left you still have to finish your business even if you don't like what somebody's done or like them that's just professionalism so you know there's there's beef (laughs) people have beef (laughs) so you you see (laughs) and drama and so you said about drama too right yeah absolutely well, people tell me I'm drama. Sometimes I'm no, like, honey, but then on you now. wouldn't watch. Come on, I said, now. but then you wouldn't. I said, you wouldn't watch the show if I wasn't slightly dramatic or fun, or you know, you'd be bored, right? Yeah, <laughs> and they start laughing, right?
0: So you you are the first person that we've ever spoken with who has sung at uh, one presidential inauguration, let alone two. Um, tell us uh, about the experience and how it came about that you performed for both of the Clinton uh, inaugurations. That's insane. <laughs>
2: Um, you know, that was such an amazing experience. Um, I sang for Hillary first, we were out in Madison, Wisconsin, and I had done um, a show for her. She was speaking at an event um, and I had sung somebody else's guy. And she was like, Oh, I just love that. She was like, it was so nice to meet you. She was so, she was very friendly actually. And, um, and I was like, thank you so much. And so then she was like, um, her 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 people, her liaison came over and said, Hey, we would love for you to to do the inauguration. I was like, uh, hello, when? I yeah. said, when y'all ready for what me? Time? Like, let me know. <laughs> and he was like, he was like, Yeah. So then I did the I did the one inauguration. They're like, We'd love for you to come back. We just really loved your performance. We loved your energy and your song encompasses like celebration. Finally is a celebration song. So it was funny because he came back again. Um, it was in Arizona. Um, and, um, we were, uh, doing an event and they said, well, he requested you. And I said, okay. I said, well, that sounds good. They, they said, well, he had already, someone already was in that spot, um, to sing. And I said, please don't have somebody throwing mental darts at me while I'm trying oh, to sing no. because they were already <laughs> scheduled. Oh no, they like, got booted. <laughs> <laughs> they got booted because they said he, he wanted me to do it. Wow. I said, well, I'm thankful. I said, I just don't want the other person looking at me from the, the, the audience like, hmm right <laughs>
1: yeah you know sometimes when we oh. don't have the record button on we're gonna ask all these people with you we're gonna <laughs> hang out and have a wonderful time <laughs> because we feel like you have a ton of stories so what am i there's parts of these where we do where i just rapid fire things that or we just rapid fire things that we really love about the artists that we're hanging out with so i'm gonna do a couple of these and then i'm gonna tie it back into a question so crazy love is probably one of my favorites it's a little slower um, but I love Crazy Love, and Inside That I Cried, I would say, is your ballad. So if you pick the ballad of CeCe, it's Inside That I Cried. I, the Your upper register and he- head voice in that is so silky smooth, and this is like the slow dance jam for me if I'm with <laughs> the girl that I could never get in elementary school or whatnot. And that, I'm gonna, what was her name, JP? I'm what was her name? I, I'm just as, as smart as CeCe has been by not saying that name. I'm going to do the same thing and not say the name. Um, but I'm going to tie that into – is it true that they ask you to start going more of the ballad route than the 90s? I'm going to call it house music, like more house sounding stuff that was kind of my childhood. Is it true that they ask you to go more ballad heavy as your career progressed?
2: No, I just, you know what? I started doing more because I felt like people had put me in a box. Okay. And I was like, look, I don't mind doing the damn stuff. I like doing dance. I like doing R&B. I like doing dance. I do jazz. I do ballads. And I just, if I if a song felt good to me, we were in a day and age where it's like people just started putting out music. And I'm like, yeah. they put out new music every week. Now I'm like, yeah. I can't keep up with, with y'all. <laughs> That's <You know>? true. <laughs> yeah. That's good. How do you... So I think it was just it was just one of those things I wanted to do and I just did it. That's good. I'm glad you did.
0: Yeah. Uh, Thank you. How do you know? What's it feel like to you when a song hits you and you go, "That one's about to be mine"?
2: It's like a, mm, like my <laughs> chest. It's like something my body just drops down and I just when I want to keep hearing something over and over again, that means I really like it. If I'm like, eh, mm, yeah, that was cool. I yeah. But when I hear something, and also when I hear it and I can hear my voice in it mm-hmm. and I start kind of singing already to it, then it's a, another thing. Like when I record, I try to say, if you weren't you recording this and you heard it, what would you think?
0: That's good. That's smart. That's smart.
2: Yeah, that's what I do. And and I have other people around me who are, I call them my Quincy's, like Quincy okay. Jones. Oh, yeah. And they'll yeah. tell me, yeah, they call them, I call them my like Quincy Jones. There's probably five people in the world I've recorded with that. I feel like have really pulled stuff out of me, and those people can hear me and say, "That sounds good, but it ain't. it's not amazing." It wow. sounds good though, Yeah. and amazing is not is amazing to me is telling the story, and making the person go, "Damn, what the doing the right there." <laughs>
0: right. <laughs> That's great. It's good to have somebody that you that you uh, whose ear you trust with your voice. You know, does that make sense?
2: Oh, no, absolutely. Because I feel like I have to make you feel like you have to be able to see what I'm painting vocally. You have to be able to see that in your head and feel that and go, I remember I was at, shoot, I was at the park at a picnic and me and my boo was kissing when when this song came on, you know? It makes you. It makes you evoke. Evo- evokes a, a thought or feeling or memory. Yeah.
1: yeah, yeah. And you need somebody that. Me and Rob are both positive guys, so we're going to say all the things that we like about Cece. Like that's just. But <laughs> you need somebody in your corner too. That's going to be like, ah, maybe I'd have done this a little different yeah. to kind of, kind of check you on some things to make you a little better.
2: I don't mind that. My whole team is cancers and they are just, I I tell this story because this is funny, but my brother is like so real. I remember one time I was going out for a show and I thought this dress, this dress was hot, right? I was like, Hey, this dress is cute. I was like, Hey, what what do you think about this? And he's my manager. He was like, it's okay. (laughs) And I was like, I was like, so I said, maybe it's just the way I'm standing in the dress. He said, well, do you think you're going to, listen, I'm trying to pull out shit. Trying to sell he was it. like, Ryan, he was like, he was like, do you think you're going to stand that way again in the next couple of hours? And I just went, <laughs> really took it off. I just took it off and said, I'm over and I'm done. <laughs> uh,
0: what's, what's one of your favorite stories about being revered as a, as a dance and pop R&B music queen Where's somewhere or a particular experience that just made you feel super special?
2: You know what? I love doing the new. One of the things was like Woodstock. When we did the new Woodstock, Mm -hmm. that was an amazing thing. It was me, Phoebe Snow, um, Mavis Staples, Thelma Houston, uh, Lois Walton. We did the new Woodstock and I was out there. We were kicking it and people was getting thrown out in the mud. I was like, oh, I want to jump out there and catch me too. (laughs) It was just we opened up the whole program, and it was great. We were on Good Morning America, and, and this was a funny story. I had lost my makeup box in 100,000 people. Do you know they found uh-huh. that and brought it back to me? Are you serious? I was like, oh my That's amazing. I'm serious. Wow. I'm serious, because it could have disappeared, but I was, like, on the stage with some great people. It was a brand-new Woodstock. It hadn't been done since, like, the 70s, and so just to be a part of something like that as well. It's like I've had some... You know, amazing experiences going to apartheid right after um, I'm going to South Africa right after apartheid. I was one of the first people to go. Yeah. And historically, uh, even before Whitney, they didn't people didn't know this. And they wrote a big article about it. And that was amazing as well. Like I was standing on the stage. Right and I'm singing finally, and all of a sudden I said, sing, and they go, finally, and the whole audience started singing, and I got chills, I got chills all over my arms, I was like, oh my God, they know it here too,
0: man, that's crazy, that's when you know, I mean, you know you've really done something special, you've touched a lot of people when you're in a totally other place, you know, and they're singing right back at you, that's incredible,
2: oh, that that was great, but if you guys want to hear a funny story, so here's a funny story, absolutely, I know you guys like funny stuff. So me, Marky, Mark, and Soul to Soul are performing out in Japan, right? We're
1: already and sold so we were- <clears throat> on the story right there. <laughs>
2: all right, look, so we're all performing out on the story. And so everybody's like having a great time. And so we're all playing practical jokes on each other. And so all of a sudden, it's like we're performing and we see like little cars going across the stage. Their group had revved up. You know those little cars that you rev up? Yeah. And it's like back in the day, and the cars start rolling across the stage. And I'm sitting here trying to perform. All of a sudden, I see ring. And I'm sitting here like, really? Oh man. And we're crying tears because they're like doing little shenanigans, you know. <laughs> ah, to that's we get a good soft our group <laughs> doing shenanigans. We were
0: loving it. <laughs> I love love a good shenanigan, we do We Y'all love do. I do too. Love a good shenanigan. Yes. Um, as so, so as recently as this is just kind of mind blowing, uh as recently as like 2017, people been calling finally <laughs> the greatest dance song of the nineties. And the nineties to me was like The era for dance music. I know it's. I know it's still going, and maybe it's just because I've gotten older. But I just felt like dance music was all over the place in the '90s, and like the biggest and best dance music came out in the '90s. How does that kind of longevity for your signature hit make you feel as an artist, as a writer, you know, just as a person? How does that make you feel?
2: It makes me feel amazing. Like to for me to have wrote something. I always say, finally, was a poem that became a song that became a career.
0: Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, that's great. And that's really good. I, I was
2: like, what an amazing thing to, as a child, say, I'm going to be famous. I told my brothers and sisters when I was 11, I'm going to be famous one day. They were like, yeah, right. Go outside and play. They're like, whatever. Like, they didn't believe me. So to be able to have called as a child, like what I really wanted to do for my whole life, it has been a, a definitely a journey there have been good times bad times there are times when i've cried and happy and joyful but i wouldn't take it back for the world because i feel like there is so much out here for us if we just decide to choose to do our craft no matter what there's so much for us so I, i'm I'm thankful and i'm joyful my heart is full that people still love finally to this day i had no idea when i looked Listen, and I saw a jazz version of Finally. I said yes. I was like, "Come <laughs> on now." It was like it was dope too. I've heard so many. I've heard I've heard rock versions of Finally. I've heard dance versions of Finally. I've heard jazz. I've heard EDM. I've heard everything. And the fact that it's still here—that's nothing but God's blessing.
0: Right. You ever get somebody's cover that's like, "Listen, like I know I'm getting royalties off this, but it's so bad. I really just wish you hadn't done it." <laughs>
2: Um, there's a couple (laughs) where it's like really off tune, but I'm like, uh, thanks for the compliment. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. yeah, But (laughs) I'm like, yeah, I, yeah.
0: Like I'm flattered, but mm, okay. I
2: saw you, you know what? I get mad when they use somebody else's and it's like, guys, hi, I'm the, I'm the original. It'd be different if I hadn't posted on my page or I'm not around for six months, but it's like, why are you? Why are you guys not using mine?
0: Right, like some <laughs> hearing, hearing your own song in somebody else's voice on a commercial has got to be super annoying.
2: Um, it can be, it can be sometimes, but it's still flattering at the same time because you know that put like somebody's still using it. But as the artist, you want people to use your version. You know, I mean, I don't think that's being too selfish, especially no, if you I, created it.
1: Absolutely, I saw I saw you do it a cappella on uh, Windy City Live, and you still got it. It was fantastic. You didn't even need the track. It was wonderful.
2: Oh, thank you. I had so much fun on the show. You talking about a show where I had the little hat on and yeah. I was up there t- dancing and yeah, like- <laughs> trying to do the thing with my foot. That was awesome. <laughs> <laughs> thank you.
0: So, uh okay, this is a random question and don't answer it if you if you um I have I, I, I feel like I know how you're going to answer this, but I just I'm just curious. Who is who's the guy that's tried to hit on you that people would least expect? <laughs> <laughs>
2: Well, you know what? I don't want to tell you. You know what I'm doing right now? I'm writing a biopic. So oh, I, yes. Okay. Right, right. So if I tell, it'll take the air off the tire. Okay, oh, it's no, stop it. Yeah. You don't want to Save deflate it. No yeah. spoilers. Save it for the for the release. No day. spoilers. There you go. <laughs> <That's great.
0: laughs> All right. Well, a couple more things we just want to ask you about, and then we'll let you uh, continue on with your day. But uh, I did hear in a recent interview. That, uh you're working on uh, among a lot of other things a gospel project and I was really intrigued by that what can you tell us about the gospel project you're working on
2: I actually, I definitely I had actually already started I started in the church when I was actually 13 years old okay and um i'm I'm doing uh, I'm doing that because it was just like my heart wanted to do that. I was like, I don't put it like this. I don't put myself in a box. I know other people do. They're like, why are you doing that? I'm like, because uh, we can. Right. <laughs> we can be the record company now. And if we want to put out, so I have a gospel project. I have a uh, jazz project. I have a Christmas project that I'm working on. So I said, shoot, while we're in COVID, there is no reason why nothing <laughs> Things True. can't be created. True. Like, True. use your yeah. the time. There you go. Yeah. yeah, use your time. Shoot, you can go in your pajamas and be like, I'm ready, y'all. Right? Shoot. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, there's one question that we ask everybody. Once again, Cece, thanks. This has been a blast oh, yeah, for you've us. Been you've fun. been so much fun. Hope you've enjoyed yourself. Oh, uh, thank you. Love me, too. There's one question that we ask everybody before we let them off the show. Um, you're on tour, um, and you go into a gas station. What is your gas station snack food of choice? And while you're thinking of it, I'll tell you what mine is. Um, I would get a Three Musketeer bar because when i was growing up my mom would say you could get any candy bar you want and that's the most ounces so i would get a three musketeers bar <laughs> each time what is your gas station
2: snack food of choice um, probably because tour is so tiring. I want the coffee pot, the tar at the bottom of the <laughs> coffee pot. <laughs> we've, we've asked probably Listen. fifty people that question, and nobody's
1: came even close to that. That's <laughs> wonderful.
2: That's Listen, great. I want the I want the bottom of the coffee pot because I'm probably so tired. I need some shit to wake me up. So <laughs> that and probably a bag of chips.
0: <laughs> All right, that's great. Okay, Good man, that's making that's making my tongue stick to the roof of my mouth. Just, um, <laughs> Thinking of that, I wanted to make you guys laugh. Nasty coffee. <laughs> that was good.
1: <laughs> Cece, thanks again. This has been a lot of fun. That's what's up. Well, y'all have a good day. Thank you, you so Rock
0: much, Miss Cece. So you much. have a nice day.
2: All right. Thanks. You too, guys. Right. Bye-bye.
0: This is The Great Song Podcast. <laughs> and that was the diva herself. Oh, yes. Cece Peniston. Goodness gracious. Bringing it on The Great Song Podcast. I just can't... We say this every week, and I know y'all get tired of it, but I can't believe we get to do this. I know. It's amazing. I mean... 11-year-old JP is still freaking out. This is what I'm saying. We get to talk to, like... We talk to... I mean, not to minimize anything... But you can't help it to have had a crush on CeCe Penison. Sure. Can't help it to have had a crush on uh, Saffron from Republican. I know. Nicole Nordman. I, it's it's so satisfying to middle school Rob to get to talk to these. Yeah, you know what I mean? I hope that's not weird for me to say, but no, it's good. like, I can't believe I just talked to this person right. that I was like, you know, you would like write notes about in your notebook <laughs> in school. You know what I mean? Good. Rob loves CeCe. <laughs> you know? <laughs> like, Whatever you That's know awesome. somewhere there's a there's a there's a desk in Eastridge Tennessee that has like carved into the under thing <laughs> of it robin cc forever <laughs> Uh, by the way, Glenda the Good Witch in the original Wiz cast of the movie uh, was Lena Horne. That's wow, what I was okay. trying to think of. There we go. Could not get to Lena We know Horn. y'all were
1: on pins and needles trying to wait to the end to find that's out right. who that was. That's right. so.
0: Big cast. Clyde Barrett, Thelma Carpenter, uh, Nipsey Russell. Richard Pryor was the wizard. Uh, don't I forgot about internet. that. Yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, Ted Ross. Anyway, Rob's
1: favorite Superman character.
0: Yes, that's Richard Pryor loves, Greatest. loves the number three. Greatest. Gus Gorman, God. Superman 3. How about it? <laughs> Um. All right, that's, I believe, going to do it for us this week on The Great Song Podcast as Season 8 continues. We'll be back next week with another great song. Until then, I'm Rob. I am JP. Go listen to some music.